the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Vegas 81 Breakdown, Picks, Plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night. Dark night. It's a dark night. Hey yo, what's up everybody? Dan Tom here, host of the Protect Your Neck podcast. Uh, of course, this show here, uh, we break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, hopefully it's before the fight. Uh, recording this as usual Thursday night here live on the YouTube channel, Daniel Tom or Dan Tom MMA. Uh, at Dan Tom MMA with a little bit of underscores on Instagram or at Dan Tom MMA as you see on the name tag here and the artist formerly known as X. Uh, yeah, we're going to be breaking things down, of course, for UFC Vegas 81 from top to bottom. Check the timestamps if you're listening in the future, future, future. You can jump forward if you're listening live. I appreciate you. Hit the like button. But unfortunately, you're stuck with me in my normal format, which we will recap the weekend action before. Uh, a little bit of shouts in the live chats. Thank you guys for the likes. Feel free to throw questions in. Uh, got the super chat and stuff turned on, but you guys know how it is. Uh, I'm just grateful to have you here do my best to answer your questions regardless but yeah if you want to donate you will get a priority and of course if you want to support this here free show uh, you can go to my website mixedmarshallanalyst.com that hosts this show you can click through on it or amazon banners if you shop at those places and basically click to mixedmarshallanalyst.com scroll down maybe look to or toggle to the right if you're on the mobile uh, and uh, you can of course uh, that was a shitty bane uh, you can of course Click through, that's just two whole clicks, and then you just go through with your purchase at no extra cost. Uh, you will uh, you know, be kicking back a percentage of your purchase to this here program, which helps. Or right above those links or within the link trees of any of the associated profiles where you can find me at Dan Tom MMA. You can also find me on PayPal and the secure PayPal links on the appropriate uh, sites and profiles there um, at Dan Tom MMA if you want to donate directly, which people have. I don't know why, but I appreciate the hell out of you, and I can assure you, uh, as a guy who goes out a penny to do this stuff, um, it's it, it it really does help. So uh, appreciate you supporters. You guys know who you are, and a lot of you guys are already rolling into the chat. We got the enforcer in the house, my man Jimmy Jimmy Kudo. Let's all be positive today. Dan is nice enough to give us his time, so we should be nice in general. Well, I mean, regardless of me, you. We should all be nice in general, so I definitely uh, stand behind that and appreciate you, Jimmy Kudo, as well as the other enforcer in the house, my guy, my my my, my uh, fellow analyst, Ghost. Of course, Ghost Twenty One. You see him on the screen there. Hi, Dan. Good to see you, man. Good to see you as well. And um, I think I need to give you guys another uh, care package just for always being so consistent, even though I am not. I don't deserve it, of course. Rhea says in Truesdale in the house. I'm excited to hear your Amazon reads. Um, I, I'll pull those up. Yeah, I'll pull those up. Uh, I'll, I, well, did I miss a week or two weeks? I'll, I'll pull up two weeks maybe just to be safe there. Um, we'll see if we uh, got any in the uh, in the house there. Uh, we had some PS5 purchases, which was crazy. Look at my man uh, with the plan, the MMA junkie radio alum, Ramundo Martin. One of the best in the business. I don't know about that, Ramundo, but I will take it from an OG like yourself, sir. Your opinion 
Certainly matters to me. It matters here. So if you guys want to, you know, add to your opinions, a lot of MMA news, a lot of stuff. You know, you know me. I'll break down the card next week if you care for my early opinions on these switch-ups for UFC, what is it, 290, 294, whatever the hell it is next week, uh, you know, you can ask me, but obviously, uh, the main questions and the ones that'll be answered, especially once the breakdown starts rolling, I try to keep it on topic, uh, believe it or not, right, and I know, my, my, my ass actually just try to keep things on topic, um, and, and we're gonna try to do that as I sip in my fifth cup of coffee, I actually tried this thing called waking up early this morning, obviously, oh, that's getting cold. Obviously well aware of it. This guy used to like work construction back in the day. We've all had to wake up early for school. This is not a new concept to anybody or really it should be, right? Of course, uh, there are many reasons. Some very legit, really do need my rest. But, you know, I was just such a zombie yesterday. And I feel like I lost the day. I'm like, you know what? Instead of struggling and getting my, like, second win at midnight and not getting to sleep till like, 4 a.m. like I do, I'm like, why don't I just try to go to sleep at, like, 9 and then I woke up at midnight still and went back to sleep, though. I didn't stay up. That was the key. And then I was up at like 4 or 5 this morning. Um, got my articles done. Got some couple bets in that I'm going to share with you guys here. Here to 4. I uh, got a workout in. Lifted some weights. Worked the bag. It was really nice. Um, it's a privilege to be able to work out. And it is a privilege to have a place to work out in your garage. So uh, I, I need to, you know, I just... I don't know if I need to, but I definitely keep reminding myself that, um, and I'm grateful. It's not a, it's not a chore. Uh, but you know, yeah, things have been crazy. So hopefully, you guys are doing well. Um, before we recap, uh, I'm I'm gonna do a whole separate review. I even got uh, the thumbnail made for it and everything. Um, you know, part of me is like oh, I probably dropped the ball. I should have gone on it like last weekend while everything was 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 going out there. But then I just saw like an LA Times article like just dropped today, and the lady was like at the same show, the the premiere show uh, that I was at on Friday. So I'm gonna do that for the sphere for the Darren Aronofsky's Postcard from Earth. Um, just wanted to take a couple things off the top, just so I don't seem like the boohoo I did in at least maybe in the initial tweet of the thread, because people only read the one tweet, or if they do, they don't really read the tweet and contextualize it. They get hurt in the feelings because they're like, "What he's saying this something negative about billionaire person? What?" No, Jano. Um, and like, like, I, like, I was trying to shit on it. Um, believe me, if if there is any sports that can do it, it's probably combat sports. And with com in combat sports, uh, it's UFC production, which you can call me a boo-hoo or negative on cards. Something I've kept the same energy on is giving credit, which I just did this very week, as I normally do to wrap up contender series, uh, to the unsung kind of UFC staff, the people behind the scenes, you know. We like to shit on cards, or fans like to shit on fighters, or media likes to shit on, you know, uh, you know, the UFC brass for Dana White's decisions. But like, lost in that shuffle are like really hardworking people and stuff, and an amazing production uh, that absolutely deserves the credit, you know, uh, from Zach Candido down. So uh, yeah, believe me, man, if anybody can do it, it's UFC. But just the brash talk of like, uh, you know. I didn't see the U2 thing, but it was a complete different experience. And I don't want to say it's better. Or less. It's, it's They're just two different ones, right? The live event and then like a, a movie film that, that like Aronofsky put on that we saw. And even within that, as cool as it was, there were things like, you know, which I'll talk about in the, in the preview. Like some things like... 
Aronofsky said it's pretty much like flying a plane while you're building it at the same time. It's such new technology. And you can see that because even though it was 18K, you will see that like not all the pictures look the same. And this is like pre-edited, highly produced, uh, a video package, if you will, right? If we're trying to equivalent, you know, make the equivalent to what we would see maybe in a UFC package. And even with just what they're projecting, um, it's not really the same consistent picture. Now, they're jumping from crazy landscapes. The UFC stuff is pretty dialed in uh, in that regard, so maybe they don't face a consistency issue. But you have to ask the issue, what are you really bringing to the table then? Is it just like that thing where like football fans argue about Dallas Stadium? Like, we got the biggest screen, and then you know people are like, yeah, but the screen's going to be outdated in here. And i, I got to imagine they've, they've changed it or updated it since. I don't follow football. I'm not familiar with the Dallas Stadium. I'm just kind of referencing that argument that I am familiar with, you know, where you're just like, okay, well then let's just say the screen is cool. Like, are you really paying the ticket to, you're just looking at the screen the whole time, you know? Maybe you have a decent ticket, but the screen is so big and so good, you are looking at the screen over the live action. Now that's your own argument for you to have. I don't care to sway you one way. I really don't care what your opinion is on that sense, but it, it does it, it does bring up a a... A logical kind of a argument that 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 regardless of my stupid opinion or whether you care about it people will have when you have these things and it's further exacerbated when you just have you know are you underutilizing it if you don't utilize it like you know with the wraparound the depth again it's not really meant for a, a singular focus um, perhaps a follow focus but again you're having to talk about like real like meta technology that I don't even think is quite there yet for what we saw with that but you would have to be you know, outfit, outfit in the octagon with all that stuff. And even if you did, and if it worked fine, like, it, is that what you would want? You know what I'm saying? I mean, wouldn't you still want to be able to look down into the octagon? And the video that I posted on my Twitter at DanTomMMA, it actually looks more spacious. I was actually surprised. I'm, like, I'm probably going to shit on my own argument. But again, to be fair, to show that I'm not just trying to shit on, like, UFC or be Mr. Negative, like, believe me, I love the sphere. Like, if I want everything to be in the sphere. If... Uh, my work could go there. Like, I would find excuses to go cover these things in person. Believe me, like, it would be a benefit if the UFC goes there. I'm excited to see what they can do. But when you have actual professionals in this field who have actually put on productions and have been involved with it for over a year's time now, like Darren Aronofsky, saying we're essentially still figuring it out, to dumbasses like me can see what he's saying in their final product, you know, for Dana to come out and go, we are going to put on the best thing that that place and you guys have ever seen in combat sports ever. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, like, obviously that's hyperbole. So you're going to have to forgive me for treating it as obvious fucking hyperbole. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, uh, you know, from what I heard, the, the show that I was at showed much more of the Sphere's capabilities than maybe a concert, even though it did definitely make the more concert more elevated and awesome. Which you, you know, run into that problem, I think Bill Burr was saying on his podcast. Like, now the problem is they're going to want everything in at the sphere, the sphere. And I get that, right? Like, it's f especially like from music to like a live performance art. Um, and that's essentially what they argued, you know, it was designed for. And of course, people who hate the artsy type, the sports crowd, is you think anything negative about sports? Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck's your problem? Um, so when I just repeated something that people that actually have experience, putting on those kind of shows and uh, whatnot um, said, you know, you get a bunch of pushback. So I'm not trying to be negative, just explaining that, you know, the logistics, even though I said the view actually looked better on my phone when you're there, it's much tighter than it seems. And there are massive blowers, like 
it felt like you were just getting like almost blown out of your seat. And I was, I had not trying to brag or whatever. I was like second level, but pretty decent, pretty decent seats. And there was like, you saw it went way up there behind me. And I imagine those blowers are so strong. They have to have like people clear out of the way. They couldn't have like anybody on the floor. Um, if they're hitting all the way up to the top levels of the sphere, I imagine that stuff's pretty hardwired in. But even if you move that out of the way, the further up you are, even though it's stadium seating, like I, I, the view is real tight. Um, even if you're okay with like that tiny view and whatnot, which I've I've been at like UFC 200 where you just see the yellow octagon down there, and you know Brock Lesnar, you can make him out much better than like a Jose Aldo, right? Um, but it wasn't even those views. Uh, I, I don't believe because that's not what it's designed for. So I'm not trying to shit on sports and ruin people's good time. Look at the glasses, nerd. Okay. Relax, folks. It's fucking cool, and you know, hopefully, uh, you know, if you're in Vegas, and uh, you know, uh, have the occasion, the money, the time, whatever, I, I suggest checking it out. It's definitely fun, and uh, just make sure you time your doses right. You know what I'm saying? Wink, wink. Oh man, oh, it was a fun night. It was definitely, it was definitely, definitely a fun night. Do you want to go with friends? Have a date night? Um. It, it, it's good times. So uh, we got uh, James Kendrick in the house. Hello, chronic. Uh, hello, chronic combat chronicle. Mike's MMA picks your show, and the two snarky <laughs> analysts, Ghost and Jack Slack, are my go-to's. I appreciate that, and uh, I love all those mentioned, man, and including you, James Kendrick. So thank you for popping in. We got Rain Lamin in the house. No funny pun. Just excited to listen to your breakdown so I can be a better MMA fan. Oh, I don't know about that, but I, th I appreciate you, the kindness. Thank you. We'll get to that, but that, that pretty much ends it. I'll, I'll save the rest of the uh, Sphere Talk for the actual review. Just wanted to talk about that in relation to um, the sporting event talk and whatnot, right? So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what they can do. It'd be cool if they can. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, we had, uh, we're coming off UFC Vegas 80 and Bellator 300. So, when I saw Bellator, I'm like, why did I... I went. I got. I actually got a reverse sweep in Bellator. We still ended up with like profit on the night by like four units, over four units or so. Um, and uh, you know, people eh, they track what the uh, untracked was like uh, six to seven was closer to the because again I usually just match my match my picks, but usually for slightly better odds and slightly different round robins when I go to the uh, house after the podcasts are all wrapped, the plays are punched in and this and that. It's usually on fight day, um, maybe the day before if I have my ish together, right? Uh, this time I have to wake up uh, early and get it in just before the fight, so that's why they are untracked. And uh, those have been doing good, but again, they're untracked, so I don't really post those or really talk about those too much because it's untracked. Though I will say, usually when I do, it's because I'm dunking on a hater and or showing off the big tickets which if you've been following along i donate to local animal um shelters and vets here in town which people still hate on but it's what it is so regardless of what i'm doing and how they're doing uh i try to talk about the untrackers people get pissed off even when you're trying to like do nice things and, and showing it out of good faith um and posting your losing tickets which is like nobody does when they actually post the tickets right um so i i try to make sure to always do that as well and I only also bring up the untracked because uh, not so much in person. This was online. So I ended up doing a last-minute Bellator parlay because I'm like, I realized after I did Bellator 300 stuff first, right? Like I started with Vassal and Bader, which was annoying because it got scrapped. And that hadn't happened to me in a while. 
not complaining, was just looking at Vassal as that dog. So I was stuck with some chalky things to look at, and I decided to play totals, you know, for just some small plus money, plus 120, plus 125. And they were uh, 1.5 unit totals, which I am doing one this week, so maybe I didn't learn my lesson. But usually I don't do those. I'm not confident in totals, A. Uh, and, you know, 1.5 unit bets are big for me, despite, like, you know, everybody and their mothers, like, throwing five and sevens and tens. Like, it's going out of style, all cool, not hating. I'm just saying, like, your boy here is much more conservative as far as betting goes in that regard, right? Um, and, again, I didn't even know what I was looking at for UFC because of the, the order I went. And once I both saw that, I was seeing the board clearly for UFC Vegas and confident and firing away and good thing I did, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, I also realized the time difference that UFC Vegas is starting early and Bellator is not like some random Irish card. So it was going to close the night. I'm like, uh-oh, that's not good. You guys, I, yeah, I love me some Bellator, but you guys know how it Not just me, most people in the gambling space, uh, we talk about betting Bellator. It's very dangerous, very dangerous. Just as not more dangerous than like a PFL or Contender Series, you could argue. Um and uh, so that was that really made me nervous. No so I I added a, a six or seven like parlay, <laughs> and um, you know, I could show the screenshots and that it's not even that big of a deal, or whatever. And again, I didn't even mention it at all in the timeline, so it's not like a uh, let, let 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 sleeping horses lie. But for you audience, I'll let you guys in. Um, I ended up I think it was still a loss for Bellator, but it was like two point five six. Because uh, I think I got like it was one, plus one fifty six, and then I only put like a unit on it, so you get your unit back that you play plus the one fifty six, so that's two fifty six. Uh, it's still just under a unit loss for Bellator, and you know if you want to add that in or whatever, that's you know still uh, you know north of six units at least profit or whatever. Um, but of course, you know with the sphere night and uh, you know not just going out and this and that, you know again. Uh, you lose time not just for the show, but there was a, it was a fun night, right? Like it, 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 it was it was a fun night, and uh, you know, uh, I, uh, inebriation. Uh, you forgive me, perhaps, for forgetting to plug in the play there. So since I didn't plug it in on my action app, I didn't post it. It does not exist, so so uh, it didn't go on the record, and I took the loss uh, in full uh, as far as that goes. Bellator 300 kind of was crappy. Um, for the billionth time, I've been saying it since I've been doing this analysis because it's one of the first lessons I learned back from my sport karate days. Is when you are faced with a teammate, you are not going to get a good matchup. Okay, whether it's a sparring match in class or you meet up in a tournament and it's for points and trophies and fun stuff or even money, obviously, even more so. Uh, more health on the line, right? Less pads, all those things. Not going to make the timidity any better yet. Uh, people and promotions tend to forget this both alike from both sides of the fence. That's what you got with Carmouche and that. I didn't really watch it. Um, as soon as my under missed on the main event, I stopped watching the Primus Nurmagomedov. I got bored. And then, of course, uh, I had the over, but uh, I knew it wasn't going to hit the way that first round was going, man. Uh, you know, I love me some Kat Zingano, but that was bad. That was really bad optics. And I get it. The takedowns in her game wasn't working, but it just went into full panic mode where she just kind of shot into a turtle and I uh, it had no chance of hitting that one. So, um, so yeah, we got a reverse sweep there. UFC Vegas 80. Uh, sorry, I don't have much more. I'm going to shout out to my guy Kai Kamako, of course, uh, getting the nod over Henry Corrales. I actually, shamefully to admit, I missed that fight. But UFC Vegas 80, we did much better. I'm not sure how we did on picks. We went 0 for 1, 1 for 1, 2 for 1. 
Two for two. Three for two. Cancel. Four for two. Four for three. Five for three. Six for three. Six for four overall. Uh, plus 7.53, just over seven and a half units. Profit. Uh, straight plays, we did good. Uh, three out of four. Um, <clears throat> of course, as I was tweeting, like I gave, uh, I gave, uh, I, had to, I texted my uncle to uh, give my, uh, my my grandma, my po the legendary Popo Doris, some betting tips, and she still remembered the Dubronx uh, ticket that I cashed against Poye, uh for her. She was mad that I didn't bet enough, so I was like, "All right, I'm gonna give you the amounts to bet then, so you can bet with your your big bucks or whatever." But I essentially just, you know, I, I'm not trying to send her to the cleaners or whatever, even though my grandma does get crazy out there but i was like yo um 150 on algio uh 120 on Urichi lang 100 on glenn and 100 on demopolis <laughs> and my uncle's like which one you most confident on i'm like the one that told you to put the most money on my algio and um i guess he only put money on algio i didn't realize that so when Demopolis, which we'll get to, and reaching on the Mongolian murder hit. I was like, sweet, you already locked. So I texted him like, sweet, good news. First two plays happen, and they hit, meaning you locked in profits. So you can just sit back and collect some cash for the rest of the night. And I was like, oh, we didn't play those two. I'm like, why did you fucking play those two? Um, uh, you know, I'm like, come on, man. I'm getting, it's uh, not that my, not that my grandma is hurting for, for the cash, but it's more the point of pride, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh. She she fucking cleans up, all right. Like in, in all the sports, so uh, you know I gotta I gotta gotta show my worth there. And then he ran to the ticket, uh, ran to the window, and added Glenn, which didn't do much, but uh, was that thankfully paid off for and still profited fifty because of the way they got ended up getting uh, Aljo uh, because Aljo got pushed. Out. He got better odds than me, as most of you did if you if you listen to me and went with Aljo. Uh, he ended up getting bet uh, bet down to even money plus one hundred, right? Um, and again, that was a theme I kept hearing. Like, oh, I was scared away. The public money scared me away. The public money scared me away. What did I say on last week's podcast, folks? What did I say on the preview show with my guy Aaron Bronstetter? What do I always say? I love being against the fucking public. I love fading those motherfuckers. Thank you. I'm not trying to shit on anybody who had Hernandez. I have people I respect on Hernandez. But come on, man. I was just like, you know, it had me worried, but I was just like going to the stylistic analysis like this is how that fight goes and Aljo even fought kind of weird he was not that he doesn't fight back I even said kind of I think I used the word you can kind of you know uh, meander a bit or you know uh, so it's not that that is even abnormal for Aljo but he was less not that he's a consistent pressure fighter he's not the same guy as Billy Kulik we went over but uh, I thought he would pressure a little more and he didn't and uh, Hernandez was you know uh, actively trying to manage his gas tank too and pacing so you got kind of like almost like a, a fight between two guys who want to counter, even though when Hernandez, to his credit, when he was letting go, um, he did land some good ones, even though most of them were getting rolled with, uh, which, of course, people don't realize from, you know, professionals and pundits to the casual gen pop. And the fact that uh, Bill Algeo is kind of a low-key grimace. He's, he's really hard to kill. You know, I don't know if he's really that killable, to be honest. Um, so uh, knock on wood here. Um, so I, again... Folks, it was my best bet for a reason. You know, the prop squad round three misses uh, and round two flyer, which I tacked on there as well. Uh, because, again, the aforementioned deviation from styles, but the core of their styles and that analysis uh, was correct enough, clearly, to uh, 
cash. What was my most confident bet? Bill Aljo, baby. Um, we're gonna kind of jump out of order here. Back to the main. Uh, uh, back to the main. Up to the main event. Bobby Green defeated Grant Dawson. First round KO. I felt dumb for just not picking Green because like, this is like the typical spot, you know. And I'm blaming Bryce Mitchell for this because of that <laughs> that recent result. Um, even though there is an argument for Ige to still gotten it, um, you know, despite the uh, you know. Uh, obviously clear arguments for Mitchell to the admitted, you know, mistakes that even Ige and his team, you know, uh, come clean or trying to repair themselves. I, I do feel like that result still kind of swayed me, you know, away from these things. And that's kind of how I am. You guys know uh, I tend to overcorrect the steering wheel naturally from those I like, uh, opposite of most people who just homer every time. And they lose, they homer, they win. They're the fucking biggest geniuses. And they get the high of, home, you know, getting their homer biases to cash which i'm not hating on that is such a much more easier and rewarding way to live and be a fan of the sport but i'm working in the sport and just trying to turn coin without my bias so uh yeah i ended up picking against bobby green um again not just the small cage analysis which you know regardless of how you want to you know uh, keep harping on the ega mitchells of the world of those fights whether the stylistic dynamic, how they're scored, or just me, again, back to me kind of trying to overcorrect the bias away from those uh, I could be biased toward. But also Bobby Green, man. Like, he's been getting rocked in recent fights, and since that fight with Jared Gordon, every time he makes weight, he has a weird, like, eye kind of twitch thing that's been going on. That's really weird, right? Uh, even though he is, you know, he's in that Masvidal phase. Like, this was his Masvidal... Um, you know, the, uh, the, 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 what do you call the young veterans or whatever the, the, the trope is, uh, shout out to the heavy hands guys. Uh, I don't know what you call those guys when they get older, but I know Masvidal had that trope and this is like Masvidal Askren, you know what I'm saying? Uh, not the same level, not the same thing, but if we're, you know, uh, going apples to oranges and trying to stick with the fruit kind of a uh, common thread here, I think those where the common threads are. And, uh, that means, you know, the bottom could drop off soon. So, as much as I want to overcorrect and get back on my Bobby Green train, who's made me a lot of money, and in my defense, even though I did pick Grant Dawson, I said, listen, it's dog or pass. You should only be playing Bobby Green. I got a little too cute with it, you know, with the Grant Dawson split decision, was I think the only bet that I had on him and the rest was Bobby Green decision. Bobby Green late round props. In my defense, Bobby Green does not really stop people in the first round. He had that Iaquinta stoppage and then the weird, like, headbutt thing with Gerald Gordon. Uh, but outside of that, you ought to go all the way back to the James Krause fight, which was a low blow call <laughs> called for a body kick. I love Bobby, but that's, that's what that was, a fight for the troops card, right? So uh, even the biggest and most ardent Bobby Green supporters, which I am despite the pick, um, <clears throat> that result was definitely not expected. So when you have over plus 300, especially plus 390, practically 4 to 1, still no excuses. You should have just kicked for coverage, you know, and, and I should have just sprinkled, especially on a winning night. Uh, I really have no excuses in my defense. I will say I did preach Dogger Pass, so hopefully I didn't lead you guys the wrong way despite what was my admittedly semi-reluctant for a reason pick on Dawson. And it also just reminds me of that thing where, again, not trying to shit on Dawson or even on Mitchell. Um, Dawson can improve or whatever. But it's like that thing, you know. It's like, no, these fighters are, I all say it all the time, they are who you think they are, you know. And... Even though, you know, uh, the result-wise, I was wrong with the Mitchell Ige. If you go back to the Mitchell Taporia, which was one of those Twitter war gambling things where half the crowd's on Mitchell, half's on Taporia. It's like, no, this is a bad matchup. This is where the rubber hits the road. And 
You know, um, I know Bryce Mitchell was air quote sick, but he was gassing the same thing again. You know, against a, a less intense, a less active guy uh, in Ige, and he was still gassing in quote unquote full health, no excuses. So this this could be something that has to do with Mitchell. Back to my original point and thread that I'm trying to follow, and I'm on here. If someone tells you who they are, you best listen. Or if you really believe something, maybe sometimes you should stick with that. You know, um, and I've referenced this before. I think I shouted out a. Uh, old MMA analysis host, and I believe was also old Half the Battle co-host at uh, one time. Shout out to my guy Dan Levy, by the way, Half the Battle. He was smart. He remember, he, 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 me and him were uh, talking about Bobby Green, uh, not even back in the day so much, but, you know, during his pandemic run, you know, if you watched our Lyman Movement show, me and Dan were all over that. I know I was a really big Bobby Green flag supporter, and Dan would give me the credit, so allow me to give my guy Dan Levy the credit right back for having the balls and the smarts to just kick for coverage, Played that Bobby Green money line, even if it was just a unit, that was a big return. Um, so yeah, man, uh, congrats, congrats to people, you know, just just not listening to the crowd. Again, don't listen to the crowd. Don't listen to the hype. Again, you know, that, that stuff will get you. Just stick to what you think. Um, Bobby Green has always been good like I thought, and not that Grant Dawson is bad, and not that he can't be better. I'm not saying those things, but I will say Grant Dawson ended up being who I thought, you know, and... Uh, and yeah, you know, I had the Heartbreakers with the Leo Santos who were on the way, ca cashing those veteran dog odds, right? Uh, and then he gets KO'd at the very end, killing his streak, right? Like, ugh, to the Ricky Glenn where I was on a fucking island, which we'll talk about Ricky Glenn, and I, and I deserve to be an island uh, from now on with Ricky Glenn. But, you know, it was, was, you know, practically finishes him at the end there. Uh, Joe Pfeiffer defeats Abdul Razak Al Hassan via submission. I feel like I, I can't break too hard because I feel like you know, all the homies were on this one. We were aligned for this one, thank God, uh, and it cashed. So uh, props to everybody who made that logic. Again, it wasn't too hard to figure out. You watch Joe Pfeiffer, you just got to watch outside of his recent fights and look at the trends of what he's been doing outside of the octagon, who he trains with, uh, so on and so forth, and what his actual grappling base um is so we get the submission we were 35 seconds away it looks like even though i'm pretty sure it was like a minute 99 so it was on i thought it was under 30 seconds but pretty much 30 seconds away from missing the over we still cash anyways with the sub which paid bet way better than the over so if the over was going to miss i was hoping it was by for my sub so we got very uh very lucky there I know everybody was on it, but this game's got a lot of luck to do with it, folks, and I will gladly and gratefully accept and admit it. Uh, Joaquin Buckley defeated Alex Moreno via unanimous decision. Um, I think my guy AB, Aaron Bronstetter, had that prop as well. Shouts to my guy Aaron Bronstetter. Uh, Drew Dober defeated Ricky Glenn first round TKO. That was how the fight was going to go. I should have stuck with my initial lean there. I think that's what I told you guys I was leaning to on the podcast. Then I went back to watch the tape and got swayed with the odds and obviously I picked the wrong uh, vet dog to last minute back it should have been Bobby Green which technically I did just the wrong way you know what I mean um, as far as just kicking for coverage because it was another good money line not even as good as the Bobby Greens and I still kicked for coverage with it with the plus 330 Glenn I think I had him by submission in the round robin so I didn't lose any too much extra there of course Bill Algio defeated Alexander Hernandez we already talked about Felipe Linz versus Ewan Cute Lava was canceled, which sucked. That was my uh, unofficial round robin that I do uh, at the, the counter where it only lets me take dogs. So Linz was on there. Uh, we still ended up paying off that ticket, obviously, because we... Uh, <clears throat> who the fuck do we... Oh, yeah, we put uh, we put Bobby... Oh, I did have Bobby Green on that, so that hit. Again, unofficial, so I can't... I can't, you know, I didn't... 
can't be talking about that, but that hit with, uh, we'll get to it in a second. Karolina Kovalkiewicz uh, defeated Diana Belbica. Uh, happy for Kovalkiewicz. Hey, 1985, I should have done, damn you, Liz Carmouche. Why do you have to be born in 84? You ruin everything, Liz, with your, uh, with your uh, snuff film walkout. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, we had Cyborg and uh, Kovalina Kovalkiewicz. Audio listeners, I'm rocking a 1985 shirt, so I just have to pop that up. Uh, Nate, man-ass, man-ass, whoever. Uh, shouts to the listeners who, who uh, correctly said that is correct. That is a re- reference to Requiem for a Dream. Speaking of Darren Aronofsky, ass to ass. All right, then, easy. Um, I actually missed that fight. Madonka donk. Uh, Vanessa Demopoulos defeated Kanako Murata Vinas decision. I thought the Japanese girl was going to get it, but again, that was based off of me overcorrecting the steering wheel against my bias rather than, you know, just seeing it through my green colored glasses and being like, of course, my bet, that's who I scored it for. Believe it or not, I, I try to, I try to stay objective. And even though I had a hankering and, 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 and was with my guy, Aaron Bronstetter, as far as, you know, maybe not how he's. Scored round two, I, even though maybe you could say that because I thought she was going to get it, right? But uh, as far as, hey, man, careful. Um, you know, it, it's not like she was passing the even half guard, much less taking any backs or going for submissions. And those weird, like, double-fisted punches didn't, you know, you're punching at the same time, you're taking away power and impact. And obviously the judges saw that and saw more impact. You know, which I know was caused from a clash of heads, but the elbows made the cut worse, also opened up a second cut, and you can even see by the time they're like raising her hand, the, the, forget the cuts. You know, there's actual bruises. There was there was damage from those elbows. That's something that I, from her corner man, my longtime coach Dennis Davis. I know they've been actively. Uh, when I asked them about what they're doing in regards to uh, criteria education and bringing that into their coaching, I think I asked them last year. This was one of the things he brought up as far as being on bottom, obviously getting up, teaching how to get up, and this and that, but attacking putting a big emphasis on attacking and elbows using the guard to land elbows not just being taught in-house but even bringing people from the outside who are also familiar with the criteria coaching and scouting like dean thomas who did a special uh lesson for the pro practice i believe last year focusing on these elbows from the guards so say what you will um you know i don't i still think she should have gotten up at certain points and in the corner's defense they were uh, consistently floating that messaging out there. But Demopolis obviously is going to Demopolis and do her thing. So if she was going to do her thing, they also wanted to make sure that they kept giving her positive direction there as far as the striking and scoring, which ended up unanimously getting her the win. So I will take it. Um, even though you can justify it, I am not going to kid you guys. I am absolutely grateful. Like I said on the tweet on fight day, I am very lucky. And uh, I don't get get it twisted. Very grateful for that. Uh, apologies if you were on the other side. Um, and then, of course, Richie Long, the Mongolian murderer. I think that's catching on. Saw my guy, uh, Big Gun Brian Petrie, shout out to him. He kills it on Anik Florian. He was doing his uh, his own Richie Long, the Mongolian murderer. Uh, give that guy a follow, by the way. MMA takes. He defeated Johnny Munoz. Not, not Big Gun Brian Petrie. Richie Long did. Um... Fucking made it, made it sweat a little bit more than we needed to, you know, not squaring off with the hips and, like, really basic stuff. But hopefully the coaches at Fight Ready saw that and know what to work with them. Uh, I'm glad I stayed away from this one because, uh, again, public money was wrong because J.J. J. J. Aldridge, J.J. Aldridge defeated Montana De La Rosa. Uh, tough showing for Montana, though. Uh, I thought she was going to grapple more in defense of Montana De La Rosa backers. She was my official pick, so uh, don't get it twisted. I'm not trying to... Uh, 
be Mr. After the Fact over here. But yeah, <clears throat> that was a, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that was a, uh, a, a good night. So, what time is it? 35.01. Let's go. Let's finish recap. Let's go chat. Next. Clean up the chat and we'll get to this breakdown, folks. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, ba -da -ba 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 -ba. Oh, Mark Fellow's in the house. Nice. <clears throat> Ever been to a pharmacy in Thailand? Let's just say it's a USADA free zone. Connor would love it here. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've heard of that. But I also heard they decriminalize the uh, greenery, which is another reason why uh, it's very appealing to your boy here. Um, hope you're having a good time over there, Mark Fellows. I love, I'm following vicariously f through you, my brother. I need to get on it and uh, message uh, some people, and uh, including maybe some people from Bungtown Muay Thai, my guy JHK, to see if I can maybe go train there. That would be cool. Jack Slack Timestamp Podcast. Hi, Dan. Timestamps and show is always professional. Thanks to you, sir. My man over there. I appreciate you, James Kendrick. I don't know anything about betting, but... Would it have been a good idea to throw away the Bellator bets after having a winning night? It would have, but like I was explaining, I did the Bellator bets before I even researched UFC, which is why the amounts were so big. I didn't know I was going to go so big uh, on Bellator. So I researched them first, and uh, on a time uh, on a timeline, there's an actual word for that that I'm missing here. I'm stupid. Forgive me. Uh, Bellator happened after James Kendrick, so... Yeah, I was stuck with those bets. I was stuck sitting on those bombs, man. I, I was freaking nervous. Uh, I had a feeling that was going to happen, so that's why I was extra glad to have a decent night on UFC. Uh, Jin Karasu, I'm so happy for you on the Demopolis bet. I was so excited to see her beat Marata because Weird Risen fans kept saying that she would have beat Whaley in 2018. Yeah, it, I'm glad you guys mentioned that beforehand because that point um, makes you guys look even better for that and makes them look even more silly for anybody that floated that out. Jin Karasu. Oh, yeah, and here's another fun fact about Vanessa for you. She's good friends with Wei Li. Nice. In an interview, she helped Wei Li around in Arizona when she first got there in 2021. That is really cool. I did not know that, Jin Karasu. Ghost Phantom. Liam Picks Fights had a good quote. This is a volatile sport. We shouldn't brag too much after wins since it's a sport we know less about. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, since it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredibly volatile. Yep. Absolutely, man. That's why even though I can show the work on certain things, I'm still constantly giving uh, gratitude and and uh, citing the luck, uh, the absolute luck that's involved to even get a win, right? Um, so shouts to Liam there. Rain Lamina, you ready for a Carolina title shot next? Oh, goodness. 1985 in the house, baby. James Kendrick. When you went to the judging conference for MMA, did you ask why judges didn't score effective counters and body punching. Um, you know, they kind of explained that, but it's just one of those things where I could have said my piece and it would have just been kind of taking up time and I would have gotten an agreeance. But it's at the end of the day, it's what's what's really, you know, kind of being seen and whatnot um, as far as that. And just counters and body work is just one of those things to the human eye, the way we value, the way we pop. It's just, it, it, it's it's at a natural uphill battle, even to educated eyes, unfortunately. Hit that like button, guys. Uh, let's get some likes in there. Appreciate that. Uh, if you haven't already, we're going to get to the breakdown here. 38, 35. All right, UFC Vegas 81. UFC Fight Night 230. UFC Fight Night. What the fuck are we on? 
Wow, I really blanked out on what fight night did we do. I even like wrote a, uh, I wrote a thing for this one too. Uh, Yusef versus Barboza. Wow, Dan. Wow. I think everybody's brain is going, guys. Again, it, it wasn't a break for most of us, and even with that, it's just we've been overloaded with UFC, all the news recently. Um, so forgive us. Let's get through this, shall we? Ugh. All right. Uh, my in-depth breakdowns up over up at MMAJunkie.com as this is going live, as well as a co-main event betting preview. We're going to get to that from top to bottom as per usual on this show. Any questions down below? All right, we've got, uh, of course, Best Fight Odds is fucking so disjointed. Uh, we've got Sadiq Yusuf, minus 180. Edson Barbosa, plus 150. Money trickling on Sadiq, but not a lot of money coming in. Uh, I get it. This isn't too attractive of a card to bet from face value. And even after researching some of these, you know, come see, come saw, um, you know, uh, on them. And, you know, you could argue even that the odds makers are getting it kind of... Uh, Right, or at least we're agreeing with it. You know, pre-flop. We'll see, right? They got to fight for us to know. Um, again, this is another case where it's like, Dan, you have went with, you know, I've, I've been real hit and miss with Barbosa. I feel like. Let's see. Uh, I got it wrong with Billy Q. He showed that, you know, Barbosa's still alive. The Brazilian war horse, right? That trope that we always talk about. Barbosa definitely fits that. Um, and and Quarantino. Quarantillo looked like unkillable. He looked like, you know, again, they look like Bill Aljo, right? Like like a little skinny grimace. Um, you know, in my defense for uh, backing him there. Uh, again, Bryce Mitchell won matchup. Uh, kind of just, again, Bryce Mitchell just doing the kind of perfectly timed takedowns kind of a deal. And killing rounds out. Um, the Giga Chikatsi. Uh, backed him there, and then it was looking decent, even though Barbosa was being really tentative. He did show improved kick defense. You know, again, old dog can learn new tricks. That kick defense is going to be tested. Um, so I would say he's probably got the better kick defense than um, Yusuf. Yusuf kind of shows like earlier Barbosa things where he's just so used to dictating kicking traffic. Um, and he's got competent counters off the kick, so it's not like he's like totally, you know, useless if you're kicking him. Obviously, he knows what to do. Yusuf does. But, like, as far as, like, consistent checks, not so much. And uh, we'll talk about some head kick uh, possibilities, especially I could see Barbosa spinning kick because when he spins, it's from an orthodox stance, which means it comes from a left side. And, like, a lot of the strikes that uh, Yusuf is susceptible to, they come from southpaws, um, whether it's Arnold Allen with the left hand, Arnold Allen with the head kick. We saw Alex Caceres, uh, even though it was obviously... You know, one of the few fights where we see uh, Yusuf get a little more active with the wrestling, which he's always had in his back pocket, even though the stats don't necessarily represent that. Kind of a weird fight from both of them, but in some senses. But Alex Caceres, remember, he almost gives him a haircut multiple times. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, Yusuf also gets knocked by a head kick really hard in a fight with another guy. Oh, Andre Feely. Uh, I believe. Is it Andre Feely? No, Shaman Marais. I'm sorry, Shaman Marais um, hits him with some head kicks from Orthodox, granted. Um, I believe at least one from the rear right. He might have also hit a switch up with the left, uh, which is something that I'm also curious if Edson will do. We know he's got that wicked switch body kick. Um, I'm curious if he starts taking that to the head. I think if he goes to the body a couple and then ends up switching to the head, I think he can really take out Yusuf there. It's going to be spin kick or a switch kick to the head. Um, or his uh, left hook, underrated left hook, right? 
they could get into some right-hand trades, and Yusuf is not uh, as far from impervious himself. You know, he doesn't have... I wouldn't say he's got a bad chin, but he definitely doesn't have the best chin in the world, right? We're still trying to figure out where in the middle he's at, but he's definitely somewhere in the middle and it's not toward the good side. I'm not going to say he's down here toward the bad side. He, he's not a glass cannon. I'll even defend Edson, which who's been accused at times of his career of being a glass cannon. Um, I just feel like Ed, I just feel like both guys can be hurt. They're just so used to dictating traffic. Things can't take them by surprise. Um, but aside from giving Yusuf, obviously... Not crazy to give him a slight nod in the punching power, as well as the durability, a slight nod in the durability department. He is the younger man, right? Um, he also does this thing that, like, Yanez likes to do. Uh, not as smooth as Yanez, and he doesn't have the layers of the left hook quite attached to it, although he will attach one, but not quite as savvy with the left hooks and the pivots. But they almost have this, like, kind of, like, pullback slash fade off right hand slash hook deal they do where they can kind of show the front right hand going forward and throw it straight, but they really like slipping over a jab, pulling something out and leaning off and fading off to the side and, and landing that right hand. Um, which Barbosa can do kind of his own version of that as well. But again, I, I could see the right hand trade happening in this fight and we'll see who it favors. Right hand trades are very freaking dangerous. But I would slightly favor uh, Yusuf, which is another reason why, again, Aside from the left left hand and left footed susceptibility that I pointed out in the southpaw or switch up matchups for Yusuf, uh, you know Barbosa maybe you know I don't know how much he still leans on that Mark Henry left hook that he had from those days where he got better at pivoting with it and checking with it. Um, and it's not that it was a punch that necessarily stopped guys or whatever, but you know he would quietly hit the you know even Justin Gaethje's of the world he was tagging with that before getting KO'd of course. Um, I think that punch could also serve him well here, Barbosa against Yusuf, again, with the left-sided susceptibilities. Uh, but I don't like it, but I'm going with Yusuf. I know you think that I would go with Barbosa maybe again, especially after last main event. Dan, you went against the dog. Um, even though I like Yusuf a lot more than I like Dawson, I'm not like, oh, Yusuf's the next title challenger. You never hear me like get that excited, not that I'm shitting on him or denying him. And I'm just saying... You know, as far as, well, what's Dan energy's what's the energy is Dan kept toward that? Well, you know, it's, it's been pretty even keel, I'd say, you know, uh, and, and that stays the way here. But, you know, you got the upside, the age. Uh, Barbosa looked great his last time out. He really did. He really looked like he turned back the clock. He's been sitting down on his hands more, hurting guys more at 145. But, um, you know, and you could say, like, how does he do, do against strikers before? I'm like, well, it's kind of mixed, right? Like, you could say that he, he should have got the uh, win against uh, Ige and Felder, right? The second fight against Felder. Um, but those were splits. And even though Ige, you know, has knockout power and Bryce Mitchell just kind of touted that, um, you know, I, I think Ige was still figuring that out and figuring out how to sit on his punches more better and this version that we've seen when he fought Barbosa then. Uh, Felder, for as much as the leg kicks and stuff is applicable to Yusuf style, there's a lot of parallels there. Um, the one-shot knockout power, not shitting on Paul. Paul admits this even when he's calling fights. He'll make jokes about it. Not known for that one-shot power, right? Gaethje was, and again, Barbosa may have had quiet moments that I just highlighted that <clears throat> might not be reflected in a one-round KO loss, but again, ultimately lost that. Hooker was, was impressive. I, I picked Hooker there. was wrong there. Um... And just torched him with the body work, right? Which was beautiful. Uh, you know, 
Daryush, but that's more of a southpaw pressure performance with grappling, you know, um, as well with Michael Johnson, a little less grappling slash grappling threat, obviously, but a southpaw pressure performance, um, which again, Yusuf could do as well. You go back to that Yusuf fight where he fought, uh, who was it? He had, the, I liked it because he, uh. The point is, Edson's mixed. It's you know, it, it's uh, especially as, as his career has gone on, like when he gets guys striking with him. Even though that's a dangerous thing to do, um, it's not like people haven't had success or emphatic success doing that with Barbosa before. Uh, was it his fight with uh, Caceres or Feely or Benitez? It was Benitez. It was really smart. Um, so last time he went against a really good kicker, right? Is outside of Caceres, who's got some dangerous, tricky kicks. And then Arnold rocked him, obviously. Uh, Feely's got some tricky head kicks as well, but Benitez, a really hard, notable hard kicker, right? Granted, he's a southpaw. And what did he do? What did he, do? he actually fought him like Barbosa opponents, that blueprint where you got to pressure, you got to pressure that. Jamie Varner almost like, not as wild as Jamie Varner, not as wrestling as Jamie Varner, obviously. But uh, Yusuf uh, really was just, you know, punching himself, uh, forcing himself into the clinch. Uh, against the cage because again there's not a lot of takedowns there but the reason why there's a lot of takedowns is because he fights in the clinch a lot and guys get kind of desperate from there and Yusuf's got some decent counter wrestling some decent trips and fights end up on the floor and he's got some decent reversals as well from figure four double wrist lock right uh, grips to turn guys around and whatnot so fights end up there often and he will push there if the matchup calls for it, you know. Say what you will about uh, the criminally underrated Lloyd Irvin. I love that John Anik uses that. Um, they game plan pretty well, you know. I mean, uh, I mean, you got to to get out of hairy situations, right? But uh, but yeah, uh, the game plan very well. So I'm expecting that here. I think the small cage is definitely going to benefit Yusuf, and it's going to encourage exchanges, which again. It's going to be dangerous either way. You should not be surprised either way. Someone goes down. But I do slightly favor Yusuf in there, so I'll pick him. But I ain't going to play the chalk on him. Maybe I put, like, Yusuf by KO in a round robin, especially if this goes late because the only play I have on it, I don't know. It seemed really a bargain for me. I was thinking they were going to set the under at 1.5 rounds, maybe 2.5 for a fight like this. Not only did they set it at 3.5, but they said it in the public as far as this recording. Maybe they've juiced it up since. But they left it at somewhat playable. Chalk minus 150. Uh, that's what I took it at. 1.5 units minus 150 under 3.5 rounds. I know, Dan, did you lose your le uh, learn your lesson well? There's UFC totals here in the small cage under, so for what it's worth. But yeah, I feel like that. Is, I don't know if there's a safe bet in this fight. I don't know if there's a safe bet in MMA, but I feel like this is one of the air quote safer approaches, maybe. Yeah, it's still sitting right there. I mean, you can get it at like minus 138 at FanDuel. Under 3.5 rounds there. Oh, I am hungry. I've been eating but not enough, and I've been up for a while today. Oh, my goodness. Why don't I eat more on the days I work out, Dan? Be dummy. Um, Before I move on, I got a couple here. Da -da -da. To the co-main event. Um... This is in Truesdale. I listened to Jack Slack's Patreon podcast. He said he doesn't know if Yusuf can change his game plan and pressure Barbosa effectively since Barbosa will just auto-lose when his pressure is applied. Um, yeah, I don't blame that thought. I don't... Uh, Jack Slack, obviously, I, I love Jack Slack. I respect him. I don't know how much... 
again, that's another thing. It's just like it's, and this goes for myself. This isn't me shitting or casting aspersions. This is just the reality that myself applies to myself and every other analyst. You have to keep in mind. It's really hard to watch tape on the kind of every fight. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of unrealistic. So I'm definitely not shitting on anybody, but sometimes you have to keep those things in mind because, again, just like I said, oh, you can get swayed away by the betting public. You seeing the line move, right? Uh, same goes even not for just a betting line. Sometimes just someone's opinion you respect. They're like, oh, they're on that person. And I do it too. I feel every week I'm not above this. Again, I'm not casting shade. I'm not above it when I'm saying this. This is just a, this is just a reality, which is why I'm saying it. And you will hear someone, especially if you respect a friend, internet friend, whatever the case is, you know, you're like, oh, crap, that person's on it. Like, it happens to me every week. I say it here every week, right? And, but again, you got to listen to yourself. you got to listen to your own opinion at the end of the day, you know, in life, not just for gambling or stupid things like picking fights, right? Um, you just got to listen to yourself, uh, if, if you, especially if you see something. Uh, Ghost Phantom, Sadiq hanging out at range seems like a disaster against Barbosa, kind of like the Dan Hooker fight where he uses ultra-fast switch kicks. Hopefully Sadiq can make the right style change. Yeah, for his sake. If not, you know, hopefully then it just ends and I cash the under. I'll be happy. I'll be happy to be wrong about this one, folks. I'll be happy at Barbosa. My heart's with Barbosa here in case it's not clear. But, yeah, uh, I do agree. You know, Sadiq, for his sake, he's going to have to pressure. And, um, you know, again, uh, I, I still think he can win um, with his... Uh, with his style, even though it's really dangerous and he's not beyond getting hit, he does have you know uh, really good eyes and exchanges, and uh, I just see that counter right hand smashing Barbosa. Uh, to be honest, I can't get that on my head. I hope I'm wrong. Um, I picked, I think I officially picked Yusuf to find it by round two. Uh, but uh, I think I might add on like uh, Barbosa TKO round four, round five. Um in case it goes long and then have Yusuf KO and my round robin. So essentially we're just hoping for a finish, hoping for it to be under and just anything, anything, anything but a decision. Right. Um, but yeah, I think you can get like Barbosa numbers and like 18 to 25, a hundred. Um, and I would go round four or five KO combinations there, like 0.17 units. Don't be surprised if I add that on the sheet again. Just just for a just for a pickup in case it goes over uh, <clears throat> in case it goes over three and a half. You know, I'm not gonna do three, four, and five for Barbosa. Not just because I didn't pick them. Don't need that exposure. Uh, don't need to go over two units. You know what I'm saying? If I do add the, I'm just gonna add those now. So I'm seeing plus 18. I bet online. Anybody wants to tail plus 18 plus. 2500 for Barbosa KO props. Um, and yeah, so if it goes over, you know, he's probably going to have the better cardio. Let's not forget, even when getting wrestle fucked, uh, he was able to rock Kevin Lee, I believe, in round four with a spin kick and uh, hit Khabib fucking Nurmaga made off with the same one, but Khabib's big head didn't feel it. And that was in round three after getting wrestle fucked by Khabib for two rounds, right? So uh, Barbosa can lose and still win late. Um, and uh, we haven't seen Yusuf there. He has tough weight cuts, although his cardio seems to recover okay. He's got that, like, athletic recoup thing, so we'll see. All right, moving on. Uh, co-main event, uh, Jennifer Maya, <laughs> minus 155, Viviani Ada. Ooh, Joe, uh, plus 130. I'm going to give a little retweet on the uh, Twitter in case... Uh, people want to come hang out 
breaking down UFC is everywhere now. All right, cool. Got that out there. Yeah, so for this Komen event, um, I ended up, uh, spoiler alert, I mean, where's the foreplay, Dan? Uh, I ended up taking my, I, I saw her at uh, minus 145, which was a slight discount from the opener, minus 150. It's slowly trickling, similar to the Sadiq line, but behind and slower. Slowly trickling in on Maya, because I think you were coming to the same conclusion. It's pretty much price right, so you're not seeing too much movement on it, right? And Araujo is probably not too trustworthy as a dog. Very inconsistent with that gas tank. Like, it was kind of a, like a tepid performance from Grasso as well in that fight. So it's kind of weird to say it's like Grasso, Rat, Shevchenko. But I don't remember her. And I recently watched it. Uh, maybe my, my, blame it on my ADD. Uh, I might have missed the, uh, I might have missed it if she did. But there wasn't, um, the fuck is that? Okay, yeah, something going on in my ear. Um, switch that link out. Sure, dog link is talking to me there. But yeah, um, I don't know. I like. Oh, thank you guys for hitting the likes there. I appreciate that. Hit that like button. We got uh, uh, ten viewers, eleven viewers, and uh, six likes. So smash the like button if you're bothering hanging out. Even if you're not staying, just just hit it and uh, hit it and run. Phrasing there, Dan. Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, uh, I ended up taking 1.5 units on my at minus 145. I guess a slight discount on there. Um, if she goes above minus 160, just like I said with my Action Network article, I think you should parlay north of that. You guys know me. Minus 150 is kind of my limit for playable chalk as far as straight plays on the money line kicking for coverage goes. Um, so we're just under there with just under for a discount for whatever that's worth. CLV, Dan Tom, Jerkoff, Jeff here. So let's just let's just worry about cash in this one. You know what I'm saying? Um, by any means necessary, Maya by decision is most likely. Uh, but I actually sprinkled a quarter unit at plus 1600 by Maya by TKO. I know that hasn't happened since 2014, but in my opinion, part of the reason why I played her is because Maya hasn't been finished since well before that, over a decade, over 11 years, in fact, since she's been finished. And I think an opportunistic finish is Ada Ujo's path. However. Um, <clears throat> Maya, you know, hadn't been submitted since, you know, again, beginning of her career. She's been a black belt since. Um, and I know ranks are funny. Not all jujitsu black belts are alike. I'm not even going to get into the Muay Thai black belt stuff. But what it does show is that somebody did put in time, effort, and edu getting somewhat of an edu a proper education on the striking arts. And that's what a black belt in any art represents, right? She's also competed in amateur levels for what it's worth, Jennifer Maya. So the striking is a little more natural to her, which is probably why she has more of an arsenal. Um, you would think the natural striker, like if you were to watch them for like 10 or 15 seconds, you'd be like, oh, Ada Ujo is the way better striker. But if you watch her pass her kind of kind of slick flows and cool returns and quick, quick athletic punches, there's not a lot of kicks, there's not a lot of variety, and it's a lot of that same trick. And that same trick and that head movement and that pull, that low-handed pull that she loves to do and kind of shoulder roll that she'll kind of slip toward, it falls the fuck apart after round one, folks. It is. It falls the fuck apart. That even Amanda Hibas was tagging her consistently, uh, even in round one leading up to that before getting rocked in round two, which is a really bad look that you have a worse 
chin are showing worse durability issues than Amanda Hebosh. You know, I know Ada Ujo's also killed herself back in the day in Japan to fight at strawweight before too, but she's got knockouts and competitions at 135 where Hebosh doesn't. Hebosh was a, is a small flyweight, you know, um, and is no is notoriously one of the worst chins maybe in any division, right? As uh, and, and that is, that was a really bad look. And I know I was on Ada Ujo then, so maybe it's the countering the steering wheel the other way, that betting bias we all have, that bitter bias, right? They, oh, they hurt us or whatever, so we're like, oh, we're going to root again. No, no, I'm not even, you guys know me. I um, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, if it's like a Volkov and I just keep fucking, fucking up on it, I just get scared and blame myself at that point. You know, call it what it is and move on with my day. Um, but yeah, no, I just... Uh, Ada Ujo is somebody that I've, I've taken a shot on before as a dog. You know me. I don't hate WMMA dogs. Look at me. I just cashed a Demopolis ticket last week. I get it. Um, but I would kick for coverage because it's it's hard to know. It's like, does she land, you know, Maya's super durable, but she is hittable too um, and has been rocked before even though she recovers really well. And it's definitely much more fewer and far between than Ada Ujo has been rocked. She's been rocked, I think, like three of her last four or something like that. Um, but... You know, maybe those two of those moments, Ada Ujo picks, fights the perfect fight to just edge two of the rounds, right? Uh, Ada Ujo, WMMA, she's a business black belt. You know, just like I said, Maya's striking credentials. Well, Ada Ujo kind of has that similar edge in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt department, even though they're both black belts, right? Maybe she catches something. Maybe she lands a crazy head kick out of nowhere or something, even though she doesn't really throw those, like I said. But I don't think so. In fact, um... Right hands were the common culprit in that Hebosh fight. Right hands coming forward and off the counter kind of seem to be the common culprit outside of the head kick, which is also an option for Maya. Maya's got those. I think she even almost took off, a, what do you call, Manon Fioro's head with the head kick, which is something that is more common than people realize when I did that tape study, uh, the Southpaw report on, on Fioro uh, a few weeks ago, folks, or whatever, a few months ago, whenever the fuck it was. Um, and I took Maya as a flyer in that fight. And again, she didn't win. I didn't score it for her. Uh, but uh, it wasn't particularly close where it was like, oh, you could make an argument for Maya. But she had enough moments and did good enough where I didn't look crazy. Um, even with the method that I called with the round. Because Fyodor will shoot stupid takedowns that she doesn't need to. And she did it in round two like I called for. And Maya almost locked something up, I believe, if I recall correctly. So... Not crying about the result or anything, but I, I will say it's kind of like one of those, not that you should live and die off these, but just to know you're not crazy, you know, like we said about, you know, not second-guessing yourself. Um, kind of like the Ricky Glenn, uh, Grant Dawson, you know, you didn't really cash it, but it showed at least you weren't crazy for being on an island picking a big dog. Um, Maya definitely doesn't get respect. You know, I, you know I'm a big, big Casey O'Neill fan. Uh, she's for my stomping grounds, extreme couture here, trains. But even I said... That was really dumb that Maya was at dog odds there. You could maybe argue, maybe she could be a little wider. That's why money is trickling in. But no, I think it's just right. I took it at minus 145. Maybe I'll sprinkle the KO in the round robin if I don't have anything else to put there. But I just took it straight up because at plus 1600, it's just a quarter unit to get you back four units if that um, happens. Because uh, Maya has been improving her boxing uh, as of late. She's been sitting down on her punches more. And, like, Marina Moreau, say what you will about the kind of crazy loss of her, her last fights by submission 
and uh, her subject to inconsistency, right? Especially in the grappling. She can look really good there, and it can be the reason why she's winning, cashing us plus 2,700 round two submission tickets like she did, right? Or just costing us a money line flyer at plus money when she gets guillotined right away with like a second left to go, right? Like that is Marina Morose. What she is, though, she's pretty damn durable as far as punches go. You know what I'm saying? And um, the punches that Maya was hitting her, she was hitting her on the way in and on the way out. Um, you hear her corner, you hear O'Neal's corner saying this as well, and it's something that, again, Maya's consistently been doing for a few fights right now, and that's exactly where you're going to hit someone like Ada Ujo. And the fact that Maya's consistent, she's got the bounce around footwork, she should be able to end up on top position if this does go to the ground. Um, uh, I see her as the better positional grappler. I don't think anybody gets a submission, at least soberly, but like... Yo, could she rock and then get in like a dominant position and maybe pound out out of Ujo or just even knock her out straight? You know what I'm saying? With a right hand, like one a really random well-placed one. It's, you know, it's not the most likely, which is why it's priced so high, but I can't get that image out of my head. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I played by the KO decision again. It's the most likely way to go, but do not be surprised. Jennifer Maya um, gets a finish, and if I'm wrong and a woman underdog uh, cashes, I won't be surprised because it's MMA and it's W, women's MMA, right? That, that's that's what happens. All right, next fight, uh, we're going to go to Adrian Yanez, minus 112. Jonathan Martinez, minus 108. That's only a DraftKings, though. It's kind of weird lines. Everywhere else, it appears that Jonathan Martinez, like at FanDuel, minus 120. He's favored, minus 106. That's been the trend. This opened at even, minus 110 apiece. And I was bummed, man, because you guys know me. I am, you want to talk about, you know, uh, a supporter of guys waving their flags, underdogs. I was the Jonathan Martinez guy before it was fucking cool all of a sudden, right? Like, I don't know if it's cool, but you know what I mean. Like, he should be a dog here. Yanez is the hype guy. Martinez has been getting shit. I've been having to defend him since, like, him debuting at short notice as a guy who was a former flyweight, you know, because he, de and then he de debuts. He's got the vote for Pedro. He's shy. He loses to Andre Sukumtat, who gets shit on so much, all right? You know, my guy Sukumtat. Sukumtat! Sukumtat! Right? I mean, like, the cards were fucking stacked against Martinez from the jump. And here I was, not just cashing in on as an underdog, not just talking about his southpaw stylings, but even defending his wrestling, whether he was facing Saeed Nurmagomedov's of the world, Frankie Sainz of the world, Zavalishvili guys of the world, and just... Proving me right in all facets, cashing those fucking tickets. Jonathan Martinez, the dragon. Vote for Pedro. I was hoping we got him at Dog Outs here. I'm actually upset that people are finally catching on uh, and picking him. But this is a dangerous fight. You know, I looked at that David Grant fight. and like, David Grant's got a good left hand. He put Jonathan Martinez out with the left hand. The left hand is the southpaw killer. Shout out to my guy, Connor Rebush, right? Yanez has a good left hand. He's also got a really good counter right hand that he does like to use against southpaws. I went and did the southpaw report. Um, ran this one full through the comb uh, all the way up until showtime, pretty much. And yeah, Yanez is 0-1 uh, against UFC-level southpaws. Granted, that's a fight that is six years ago in March 2017 LFA against Domingo Pilarte, um, who has been really inconsistent. Not the greatest record in the UFC. Not fought much. Um, but in that fight, it was really frustrating because... Even before Polarte hurts his hand, yep, it was he was one-handed in that fight, and he almost get it almost has a standing stoppage. Like the ref actually goes in, like Polarte gets like caught up against the fence, 
And finally, Yanez, it takes him to the third round to finally start flowing on him because he looks uncomfortable as hell against the southpaw. Granted, this is a younger Yanez. And Pilarte, even though he's not offering much, he is very long for that division. So you got to cut. That could be part of the, part of the reason there. So you got to kind of cut Yanez some slack there too, right? But by the time round three comes along, and, and by the way, up until then, he's just like kind of like he doesn't really know what to do. He's not really jabbing. He will occasionally kind of, he's just really kind of waiting for Polarte to throw, and he's waiting for a, a proper commitment, and then he's looking to launch a right hand. And then Polarte picks up on this, so Polarte just annoyingly throws shallow jabs and looks to try to Luke Rockhold impression him and check hook him coming in. Um, but he occasionally throws big kicks that um, Giannis doesn't look too comfortable with. Uh, note that for a second later here. And that plus the takedowns and cage pressure is enough to bank Pilarte like the first two rounds, right? And then Pilarte has his hand hurt somewhere in round two. It's visibly there, but even still, Yanez doesn't go after him. It's not till his hand is more clearly hurt. Maybe his corner picked up on it. Uh, and Pilarte is just gassed and falling apart at this point, like backing up to the cage. And yeah, that's where, you know, Yanez finally starts flurrying him. And it looks like the ref's about to step in. It was funny, man. It was like the ref was so slow. He goes to step in at like a classic standing stoppage. But as he... As he goes to step, like, the ref is so slow that he takes a step, and it's almost like, not only did he take a step before, he takes a step clear enough to before that I think it cued Pilarte, where he's like, oh shit, he's coming in here to stop it, and Pilarte just shoots a takedown, and the ref goes and just misses Pilarte, like, he shoots a takedown and pushes Mart he pushes him, himself, and Yanez, like, out of the way of the moving train that is the referee coming to stop the fight, and you see the referee just kind of casually try to parlay that he was going to stop the fight and play it off like he wasn't. Uh, which would have been perfect, and Yanez would be 1-0 against Southpaws, I guess. Uh, he goes on to lose that fight. Um, he gets some Southpaw looks against Gustavo Lopez, but not as much as Gustavo Lopez usually shows, and most of the meaningful exchanges weren't orthodox. There was one where he's kind of shifting the Southpaw, and Yanez catches him, but you can tell Yanez really is waiting for the orthodox looks and the orthodox jab commitments. He loves countering over the tops of jabs. Um, which is why I picked him up to, to fight Font, but Font was just able to kind of get to him first. Uh, beautiful color die action from Font, and then Yanez in interviews saying that he kind of just saw red and, and threw his game plan out the window. I could see it, but not trying to take anything away from Font's win, obviously. It was what I was happy, for, happy to be wrong about there. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of citing what Yanez said to that, right? But it's funny, when you look like Davy Grant, he didn't show much southpaw as you'd like, but in round one, he actually chews up Yanez's leg pretty bad. And that's one thing I, I didn't catch on. Like, Yanez, he's got his best kick defense is his body kicks. He's got uh, good body kicks he can catch and counter. He does the uh, Muay Thai pass-throughs. And even when he does get kicked, like, Grant actually goes southpaw and hits him with a good body kick. But then you see Yanez actually countering the kicks, which were completely vacant earlier in his career when he's fa facing Domingo Polarte. I don't even think he tries to return maybe one the whole fight, right? It was really bad. Whereas he's a little better at countering kicks than you watch his last four or five fights. I watched all his UFC and Contender Series fights before this, by the way, and obviously some of his LFA fights too. But yeah, it's not till more recent fights in his UFC tenure where Yanez gets better at countering kicks, um, which he's going to obviously need here. However... When Grant does go back to Southpaw, he's not going at the legs, even though he's he's able to pretty much get the legs whenever he wants, for the most part, in that. Um, you know, Giannis does have some step-back defense and stuff. Not only does he have any defense, I'm not trying to discount him totally, obviously. 
But in like round three, I think you see Davy Grant start like radically pressuring. He knows he's got to get after it. He, he's probably behind on the cards. And he goes southpaw, and he kind of just starts spamming body and head kicks. And it's only a brief second. doesn't last long. But Yanez does not look comfortable. I don't know if Yanez trains with much southpaws. I'm going to try to go to his Instagram while we're talking. That is the one thing I guess I didn't do. Um, I know Rafian Stotz is a southpaw who sometimes trains down there. Um, let me see. Da -da -da -da, da -da -da -da. Adrian Yanez. Who does he train with? See if he pops up on us. Any pictures with his training partners? Don't have to dig too deep. Not too much. I see Matt and Chanel. Not really a southpaw, though. Orthodox fighter. Um, yeah, I don't know how many southpaws he really uh, trains with, you know. Um, or uh, at least high-level ones. So uh, I actually really like Martinez there. Martinez, you know, um, I noticed he's been much better at not just with the grappling but clenching, uh, intercepting elbows, and parlaying that with a long guard. So with southpaw, you usually have that extra distance that people have to close in. Uh to counter your kicks, they have to come in at a longer, at a bit of a longer distance, and that's why the check hook is such a beautiful counter playoff, and that's why guys like Luke Rockhold, it's better than I give him credit for. Obviously, he's a great fighter, he's a former middle age champion, but I always make fun of him because he had such a pared down southpaw game, didn't really have too much of a jab. It seemed to get him in trouble more often when he used it. All of 199 against Bisping, he was mainly a left kick and that counter balance check hook, but you can't leave home without your check hook as a southpaw. It's such an important punch. Such a hard counter to get your read on, and again, a perfect counterbalance to that kick. Now, what adds to protection of that is uh, we're seeing Martinez use much more of a long guard, especially off those kicks, which is beautiful. It parlays to up slicing elbows that he's using, uh, which also parlays to clinch and, and knees. Um, it's just he really has a multi-layered strike. He's really going to be hell on earth for wrestlers, but I think... Uh, well-rounded fighters slash strike well-rounded strikers with a good game plan um, can still get to him. So I'm curious to see what that Yanez is. So he's not going to go heavy into Martinez, right? Because he's like, oh, I got aggressive last time and I need to be smarter. And he said he never watched tape. So that's going to be the X factor because he's going to have to have had a good game plan from that because I think between what he's saying to what the human nature is after coming off your first knockout loss... Um, I would think maybe he fights smarter and just kind of, you know, does his thing, you know. It was to a fault, like in that Domingo Polarte fight back in the day, where he kind of waits for the perfect shot. He's he's gotten obviously I don't want to say a little better, but I also don't want to say much better. I want to say somewhere in the middle. He's gotten better at drawing out those shots that he likes. That's clear, right? He's not as he's not as inactive, Yanez is. But back to, you know, again, hard kickers, right? Yusef first, Benitez, and now going against Barbosa. What was the common threat? He pressured against Benitez. He's going to have to, even though it ended up getting him rocked and he still won, right? He's going to have to pressure against Barbosa. That's the same same dynamic here. It's the same dynamic. And I don't know if we can depend on Yanez to do it when he was confident and full of piss and vinegar, much less, you know, when he... Uh, is coming off the first knockout loss. So the X factor is he's going to have to find something really good on tape. 
Um, now, what Davy Grant, not only is Davy Grant super janky, but what Davy Grant does is something that Giannis doesn't really do. Not that Giannis won't switch to southpaw occasionally or show that look. Um, Giannis is primarily an orthodox fighter, but Davy Grant does like the ugly like jump shift. You know, speaking of Masvidal, Darren Till, right? He does that thing. He just he he does it like an old school Taekwondo guy where he's like almost jumping in the air and rotating his horse stance, his high stance, his high stance. Uh, and then he just throws an overhand left from southpaw from the rear, right? And that's what that's what uh, and and it's whilst Jonathan Martinez is throwing, so you have that perfect just interaction of time, and that's what uh knocks Jonathan Martinez's kind of dick into the dirt there, for lack of a better word, right? Um, Matt Pauly, Thursday nights with Danton, let's fucking go! Thank you, sir. Make sure to hit that like button. Appreciate y'all. But yeah, uh. That's that's kind of what hit him there. I don't know if Yanez is gonna gonna do that per se. So I, I don't know what he saw, you know. But I have a feeling that the leg kicks and the head kicks are gonna be big here. I think I want to say Jonathan Martinez is probably favored to win by decision. I want to look at what the props here. I didn't play this fight. Um, we'll see if I do. I I just don't like that money's coming in on Jonathan Martinez. If he goes back down toward minus one ten, maybe I'll play him straight up. I'll probably have him in uh, a method in my... Uh, it's plus 300 for Giannis. By, okay, no. It's plus 275. Yeah, they can't decide. Choose, Parker! Um, it's 1,200 by sub, of course, because that's least likely, which I agree. Um, it's plus 275 by points for Martinez. And by KO, it is uh, plus 300. That's tough, man. That's tough. I... um. I'm probably leaning. I do think I, I agree with the odds. It's slightly more of a chance that Martinez gets it done by points, but he could get it done by KO. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I play him straight up and I throw, you know, by points in the round robin for plus two seventy five. Uh, that's tough. Or maybe you know I don't get a chance at the money line, and maybe I will take like, uh, you know, throw points in the round robin, and then maybe sprinkle on by KO. And you just have those two plus monies, and you hope Martinez wins because those are going to be the two methods that he wins, and that'll cash some way somehow, right? So that'll be my maybe two angles of attack if you wanted to play Martinez. Obviously, the value is on Yanez if you can find him, especially with like some plus money next to his name. Um, you know, Yanez by KO. I would say maybe it would be more the shot, but even they know that they have Yanez by KO plus two hundred, a whole one hundred short of him by points. They know how that is. So, uh, yeah. And then, shoot, if Martinez did fin finish, it would be a two or three. That's 800 and 1,000. Those aren't even, I would kind of still want more odds than that, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I don't even know if I play Martinez round props at all in there. You know, you know, maybe you sprinkle in round two and three and you play the money line. For coverage, I don't know if I'm going to attack the board in this fight, but I am picking Martinez, uh, probably by decision with the possibility of a late late round stoppage uh, by leg kicks. That is the uh, the pick there. Uh, I'll get through the rest of the main card quickly, and uh, we'll go from and I'll, I'll answer you guys' questions before we knock out the prelims even quicker. How about that, uh, Andre Petrovsky, plus one seventy, Michelle Pereira, pl uh, minus two hundred five. Um, I've seen Petrovsky as high as like my plus 185. If he was lower in the week, uh, plus 184 over on Ben Online. That's tempting. If he gets near two to one, I feel like I got I to gotta play Petrovsky no matter what, even if I don't pick him. I've been tempted to play him all week. Um, so here's full disclosure on this fight. 
this fight caught my eye, and I was like, oh, Petrovsky's taking it on a short notice. Crap, because I, I wanted to play Petrovsky or Dog Money, but I'm like, ah, shit, short notice, right? And Michelle Pineda, um, he's always been destined for middleweight. This is his weight class. I, I've been saying he should be fighting at middleweight and light heavyweight, not, not welterweight. So it's not like it's a fade there, like, ha, he's being punished, and it's like it's Kelvin Gastelum fight, and even Kelvin Gastelum, as much as he wasn't sized for middleweight, look how much he overachieved there. And I actually played him as an underdog, so maybe not the best example, you know, as far as an accurate one for me, but it was an example that I'm kind of just throwing out to you guys to say, like, what the common line of thinking maybe might be. It's like, oh, yeah, fade the guy who's out of his weight class. Like, not necessarily, right? He's been training like a dog. Uh, you know, he just turned around and kept training over in Las Vegas when his fight next door in Utah fell apart. So I'm expecting Michelle Pereira to come in top form, but he's been fighting smarter. Um, the small cage makes that a little harder. And especially with an aggressive guy like Petrovsky, right? Who could very well just eat a, eat a knee here, for sure. You know, Michelle Pereira is 1-1 one one against UFC-level southpaws, knocking out Danny Roberts with, I believe, in the I still got to go back and watch that one. And then, of course, I got to go rewatch his um, his DQ loss to Diego Sanchez, which I don't know how much of a loss that is, right, obviously. That was that really weird fight. I don't know how much we can take from that either uh, as far as him versus southpaw goes. Um, but Petrovsky, you know, he's got a strong left hand, good wrestling, has been... Training out in Thailand, so I gotta imagine that left kick is, has gotten a lot better. Um, Michelle Pereira will kick to the body, though. That'll be good against a guy taking the fight on short notice, who looks like he can gas at times. But then again, Petrovsky, like he's only lost like what once or whatever or some shit, and like he always looks like he's gassing. But then he's got like third round finishes, and again, he's got like that athlete recoup that I talk about, where he'll gas if you can like Max Holloway and both build and consistently keep it on him like this. But if you give him pockets to recoup, he will recoup and be back in the action and make it a make it a goddamn roller coaster on you. Yeah, the guy's only lost once. I know maybe in the tough house he's lost and uh, whatnot. I remember what we had to Brian Battle. Um, Ninja Joke round two. Aaron Jeffries round two. It looks like he's learned how to pick up the pack from those fights. Um, it's gotten a lot better. Um, a split decision there over a GM3. Uh, looks like he dogged that one out. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like it's dog or pass. I may still end up picking Michelle Pereira. Uh, hit me at Dan Tom MMA to see what my uh, MMA junkie on fight day for my quick picks and prognostications. This is on the main card, and as well as to see my picks and plays, I post them always on fight day at Dan Tom MMA on the artist formerly known as X. Um. Next fight. This is the fight I was I was uh, taping before we got on here. Uh, Christian Rodriguez minus one sixty two. Um, I actually almost finished his side of the tape just because I wanted to see him uh, what he looked like against Southpaws. Um, Josh Weems switched a little bit, primarily fought, fought Southpaws, and you know even though that was a lower level, that was short notice replacement. That was technically in the UFC, so that would fit my stat as being 1-0 and against UFC-level southpaws. I'm going to skip the Lichero to Charez. I'll go right back to that one to finish out the main card here in a second, folks. Um, but, yeah, uh, i got to go back over uh, Cameron Simon. But uh, I agree with the odds from what I'm seeing so far. I don't know if I'm going to have a play on this fight. If I see an angle, I'll obviously stick that on the round robin, which is looking kind of sparse, in case you can't already tell. I'm really topsy-turvy, wishy-washy on what I want in there as of right now. I'll give you guys... A recap of what I'm looking at at the end here. But if I see anything from this one, I will go for it. 
But as far as laying the chalk on Rodriguez, considering the chalk that I'm already on, if I do add chalk, it's probably going to be close to pick'em chalk with Martinez. Uh, I don't think I'll be staying away from that. But if there's like a, a, a cool angle that pops out, you know, maybe I want to take Rodriguez by submission or decision, which would probably be the two stabs, uh, depending on what's argued there. Um, shout out to my guy Lou Betya. Uh, I bet you this is going to be a yambag special because what I do remember about Cameron Simon before I go running through the comb again is that the dude fouls a lot. So if you're at one of those houses that offer points for like, or offer uh, odds, big odds for like point deduction, uh, this probably wouldn't be a bad fight because Christian Rodriguez can be frustrating even though he's not like a swarming grappler or a blanket guy that'll create the fouls. Uh, we see that he, he, he will, uh, if you're forcing that kind of fight, um, he will flow and be more than happy to ride backs or snatch up subs, right, from the Raul Rosas Jr. fight or whatever to the uh, aforementioned sub win in the Josh Weems fight. Um, Rodriguez by submission plus 400. Rodriguez by decision plus 165. Yeah, they're kind of making you choose Parker, but those are both decent enough to throw in a round robin, at least for my uh, my appetites. Um so, yeah, don't be surprised. Um, right now I'm leaning toward Christian Rodriguez. Don't be surprised if I pick him there. Uh, so this one's in the main card. I'm going to have to do more of a pass on this one, even though I've already broken it down and picked and played it. We got Daniel Da Silva, Daniel Lacerda, Daniel La Verga, plus 280. Uh, Edgar Chiarez, minus 355. Um, this is even wider since the last time, probably because it ended with Shadows and a guillotine. I got to go back and rewatch that. From what I remember, it was pretty back and forth. And in a, in a fight this wild with this much variance, I feel like I'm going to take Lacerda again. You're going to give me even better odds this time around. Like, don't be surprised if he ends up just as a round robin shot, right? Uh, it's definitely dog or pass from a betting perspective, even if I end up going back and picking Shadows and just see something that really sways my mind. But um, yeah, I mean, I got to go back. To rewatch it because that's what I do. It's what I try to do, and obviously, it's definitely what I do and try to do if I'm writing it up on the main card, which it got put on. So, I'm gonna go do my due diligence and rewatch that fight again. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't see why this isn't Dogger Pass, no matter who you pick. Um, all right, I'm gonna go clean up the chat before we knock out the prelims. Let's go here. Dun 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 dun. dun. Uh, Jen Karasu, why isn't Martinez Yanez the co-main event? Why is it mine of Maya versus Ara? Joe, sorry for the um, Iron Maiden Hollow be thy name there extension. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, but what are you gonna do? You know, they, this is classic. We've been getting lucky lately, guys. Like they they've been sparing us um, co-main event openers. And they've actually been opening the card with like bantamweights, featherweights, main cards with bantamweights, featherweights, and lightweights. So, or experience with heavyweight co-main events, I should say. So, I am going to be careful about complaining too much. I know, crazy. Me? I know. James Kendrick says, you mentioned out of, ooh, Joe's gas tank. How, does, well, I'm going to get that stuck in your guy's head. How does that make um, gas tank, i.e. cardio better? Is it just a genetic thing or more? Cardio exercises. How does one make a gas tank cardio better? Um, there's a lot of answers to that. You know, uh, pace management, right, um, is, is huge. Uh, obviously, training your cardio and different types of cardio, um, whether it's, you know, you can say, oh, getting on a treadmill. It's, it's not even like, you know, it's like, oh, get on a treadmill. It's like 
there's sport-specific stuff. Like, uh, you need to be sparring and brownie stop. You need to be sparring and grappling. And if you uh, have a worry about that, then yeah, let's, let's let's crank out some sparring rounds and get get you comfortable on the feet or get you comfortable in grappling to where your cardio and your shape is improving, but you're finding spots um, maybe where you can rest, which again falls under pace management. And as far as the old treadmill and just that stuff, that that's something that's a that's kind of a, a fallacy that I recently learned about my my doing my camp last. Um, you know, I didn't get to fight doing my camp last year. Shout out to my guy Gil Guardado. I'm gonna get back on those sprint regimes, but you know, you, even guys like uh, Mike Dulce and stuff will preach this as far as like the benefits of of you get just as much benefit from walking as you do running without the deterioration of your knees and ankles. Right? Sounds crazy, but there's ways to explain that where it actually makes sense and you can incorporate that. You know, um, when COVID first hit, you know, my strength and conditioning coach was like, "Yeah, I was doing." Um, you know, I would run, if I, I would only sprint short distances and then walk and, and, and primarily do walking laps and was getting my cardio that way. And then you find a hill and you do your hill sprints for actually, you know, um, to improve your cardio and really get that up to snuff. You know, uh, what was it? It should be, um, you got to find a hill that it takes you roughly either 10 to 12 or 10 to 15 seconds for you to get up to the top. And then I, I believe, don't quote me, it's either... 30 to 45 or 45 to 50 seconds um or even 45 to a minute even right around 45 seconds i think it needs to be your rest and not just takes you 45 seconds to get down the hill but you want to still have like 20 seconds to get a couple of breaths and check your clock and be ready for the next one and then boom you bolt up again right and you do that i think like what did I, what was i doing it i think i was doing it like uh was it like five five fives uh, you do five intervals of five and yeah, and you were fucking done after that, but you're doing short bursts and intervals and that kind of reenacts, you know, um, I think you do like, you know, five in a row for one round, right? And that's one round, right? Five minutes or whatever. Cause it equals five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's 10 to 15 up the hill and 40 and no more than 45 seconds max rest in between. So you do that five times. That's five minutes. That's one round, five minute round, right? So you do that per rounds you fight, right? Or, or just to be extra, because usually sparring, uh, whether you're amateur or pro, uh, you're, you're, you're doing probably five rounds <laughs> with the way the practice goes, right? Uh, so, you know, um, and not to burn yourself out, but just as a general, so you're used to it. So plenty of different ways there. Sorry, long-winded answer. Um, you mentioned Viviana Ujo's habit of pulling back and using head movement gets her tired. Generally, how do you punish that? Um, you faint it out and you faint it out. Uh, you faint out her movements to make her waste the defensive movements and hopefully she has the hardwired comebacks. And again, if you're fainting it out, that means you should be expecting slash trying to draw out those hardwired comebacks. So you shouldn't be getting hit by it which means she is expending more energy returning. And of course, when you swing and you miss, you expend even more energy. And as far as what you're throwing to hit, well, you should be throwing to the body and legs because again, if they're doing head movement, that means they're doing trunk movement. And if their head's hard to hit because they're good at moving their trunk, the body is still stays there. The legs still stay there. And uh, that is something definitely uh, will be open for Maya. And she does target as well. Uh, Matt Pauly, I already got you. James Kendrick, fire matchup between Mar Martinez and Yanez. I agree. Uh, Rios and Truesdale. Speaking of southpaw lead hooks, not MMA, but boxing, Manny Pacquiao had a nice southpaw lead hook. Of course, of 
course, a great southpaw there. Great shot there, Rios and Truesdale. Ghost, the Yanez Randy Costa was an interesting to watch. Uh, Costa would throw a rear high kick uh, at the lead shoulder and rear feint, then jab. Very cool look against Yanez. Yeah, he also had some cool switch kicks in the very beginning of that fight. And um, Martinez will southpaw jab and throw straight shots, which could encourage uh, head movement. Again, something I look for against either southpaw kickers or um, switch stance kickers, you know, uh, from the orthodox is are they facing a wrestle boxer? Because if they're facing a wrestle boxer, there's definitely going to be some heavy crouches. Um, and just in general, even if they're just a boxing stylist, kind of like Yanez is, how much of that crouch and dip is there? Now, Yanez doesn't go heavy to that side that much. Uh, not saying he can't dip to that side or can't be hit from that, dipping into that side. But what I did notice is that knees seem to be a susceptibility, and that's something else that Martinez is really good at. So the knees, just kind of like how uh, Rob, Con Rob Font with the hockey punches, the collar tie, uh, Martinez's knees are going to be so potent in that range too. So that's going to be a real danger of overly trying to get past those kicks. You don't, you don't want to go too past. You want to get past the kicking range if you're Giannis, but you don't want to just dive into the wood chipper that the fucking clench range. Um, how does one defend a ninja choke? Uh, go watch Luis Smoka versus uh, I forget who, but he, there's, someone's putting him in one all the time. And you eventually, it's that sacrifice move where you see guys, they'll literally just throw themselves onto their back and they'll stop what they're doing and they'll take like a side control. That's literally it. And then sometimes you can still get tapped that way. Maybe it was Smoka who got tapped because someone like kept a, kept a lock in on it and uh, punched through with their fists. It's okay, Benjamin. Drink your waters. Bench boy. Jim Karasu, Yambags. I remember Lou Betya said that. What does that mean exactly? Uh, well, I think Yambags paints the visual for you, but it's a scrotum shot, uh, which represents a foul. Uh, choose, Parker, choose. That's right. I'm going to choose to push through the rest of this breakdown. Uh, Darren Elkins, my, plus 154, minus 185 for TJ Downtown Brown. Let's see how a sober Downtown Brown works. Props to him for making those decisions. Let's see how it affects his fighting style here. Uh, if he can get past Darren Elkins at this stage. I didn't look to this one too much, but this screams like it's dogger pass. Even if you do see me pick Brown, know that this is dogger pass, okay? Know that this is not saying you should play Darren Elkins. I'm just saying this is uh, not a fight I would want to get involved with. Um, Ravena Oliveira, plus 260. Uh, Tynera Lisboa, uh, minus 325. Uh, didn't look into this fight. Probably side with Lisboa and stay away from the big favorite there. Uh, Brendan Marote, plus 400, stepping in short notice uh, to face Terrence McKinney. It feels like Terrence McKinney always gets a short notice, minus 135. Uh, obviously, it's either pick Terrence first round or you should sprinkle on his opponent because I'm sure you'll get a big number in round two just for funsies. Uh, but I haven't looked into it, so I'm not going to tell you to do either or. I will probably be picking McKinney and staying away. As well as be staying away from the next fight, Arita Alexiva, plus 124. Got to go re I believe she's from Contender Series. Melissa Dixon, I do not know. Maybe she also is from Contender Series. Doesn't ring a bell with me. Minus 140. I have no clue on this one. Check me at Dan Tom MMA and the artist formerly known as X on Fight Day to see what my picks are. But this is definitely another one of those fight picks where you should not take too seriously and be investing your money in. Um, and taking my opinion or pick too seriously or investing your money in, I should say. Uh, Chris Gutierrez also loses his fight, minus 285 against uh, Montel Jackson the other week. Gets a replacement, Haley Alatong Haley, 
plus 230. I feel like this fight already happened now. Who the hell did Chris Gutierrez fight? It's going to make me sound really racist when I read who it was. Dan, you mix those guys up? It's going to be one of those things. Watch, but I will look it up. Obviously, I'm be picking uh, Chris Gutierrez here, even though Alatang Haley's really tough. Uh, he even impressed me in a loss in that fight with Casey Kenny. Took like a ridiculous amount of body kicks. Oh, uh, Bakary uh, is who he fought. Wow, Dan, that's really racist. Uh, he did not fight Halatang Ailey. I will take Chris Gutierrez here. Um, that's cool. At least Factory X has a little, little bit of spacing between him and uh, jo Jonathan Martinez. So hopefully neither of those fighters are negatively affected by the walkout. I hate when that happens to the corners. Always very sympathetic of that. Lastly, but not leastly, Emily Ducati. Minus 375. Ashley Yoder. Plus 295. This is the one Southpaw... Uh, I didn't look into because Yoder is a Southpaw. Let's see what Southpaws Dakota has fought. Sorry, Benjamin's crying over there for water. He's got water. He just cries at the bowl once we like, give it to him. Uh, no, nope. Uh, not in the UFC. Uh, Alicia Zapatella. I don't know if she was a Southpaw, but she never fought in the UFC. Daniel Teller did fight in the UFC, but she was not a Southpaw. Kaneko Murata. Oh, she lost a split to her, huh? Was Conoco a southpaw? I can't even remember now. God damn it. I know we just saw her fight. Uh, I have to double-check that and rewatch that fight. Um, yeah, a lot of Bellator fighters there. None of them are even southpaws. Emily Whitmer, not a southpaw. Yeah. Um, not that it matters because I'm picking uh, Ducote anyways. Um, and she's got a good head kick, so that'll only come to life in the open stance. If Jennifer Maya is too much out of your price range, you could parlay her with Dakota, and that equals like plus 110 or so in that neighborhood. You'll get plus money for that. Um, outside of that, you know, I didn't look into Chris Gutierrez. That's another big favorite, granted, there. But, like, you could parlay Chris Gutierrez um, in there maybe instead of Ducote. I wouldn't say instead of uh, Maya because then you probably would need a third leg uh, between Ducote and Gutierrez to get some plus money. Uh, maybe McKenney at that point. I don't know. I would stay away from Lisboa. Um, even if I pick Baeta, I would stay away from that. Chavez, even if I pick him, I would stay away from that. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd say you're better off using like more sneaky favorites, like uh, sneaky low price favorites to lower your price, like a Jennifer Maya or even a Christian Rodriguez before I would trust uh, most of those big numbers, to be honest, minus... Uh, Chris Gutierrez, obviously, if you want to work him in there. I wouldn't necessarily hate that, although, again, I admittedly did not watch the tape on pretty much any of the prelims. Um, but I did watch tape on majority of the main card and let you know where I was going. I'll recap my plays, leans, what I may be going on, and what I'm picking slash leaning toward as of right now. going to clean up the chat first. How did we do on time? 137, not that normal, I guess. Not great, but normal. Um, Rain Lamina, are you confused as I am not knowing most of the matchups in the prelims? Uh, okay, well, I feel a lot less better for not doing it. Uh, but yeah, they don't really interest me anyways from a fan perspective or a betting perspective. And again, I'm not really paid to break those down. It's all extra bonus here. I try to do it for you guys, but cannot. Rain Lamina, Melissa Dixon Cider is the nick. Cider is the nickname, by the way. What do you think of that? I was like, Cider House, is she a fan of Cider House Rules? A little bit of Marco Kane. Speaking of Dark Knight Rises, yeah, Marco Kane. 
Well, right, I like Michael Caine there. Well, did you see me in Cider House Rules? What I didn't like about Cider House Rules is they cut out my love scene with Ailey Joe Osman. <laughs> Dan, do you really have to make every actor into like a pedophile? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's just, Michael Caine's got some real pedophilic vibes. You see him in The uh, Illusion? Or, well, no, not The Illusion. It's, what was it? The uh, the Prestige? Oh, God, magic trick for you. Right. He just seems like a real pervy dude. Right, oh, dangerous, Davey. Why are you making English dudes pervy, Dan? Come on. Um, Jimmy Kudo. I said this before, but Gutierrez should not have fought Frankie Edgar. It should have been Edgar versus Dom Cruz. Absolutely should have. Um, Jimmy Kudo says, as the fight night main event that everyone would have loved and neither would get hurt. Oh, you fucking nailed it, Jimmy Kudo. I'm 100% with you. I've been calling for that matchup since 2015 because that was my bold twenty six. That was my bold prediction for 2016 that we were going to get that matchup. Unfortunately, we didn't. And they had, yeah, they had six to seven years to do it. They did not. Those bastards. Uh, Jim Karasu, uh, Kanako is a southpaw. All right, okay, well... She is 0-1 to UFC-level southpaws, and I'm going to have to run that through the comb. Um, James Kentrick, that Michael Caine is great. Oh, the impression, not the actor. Thank you. Hello, oh, 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 Michael Caine. <laughs> Children of Men? How about that? He's telling me he's not the biggest pedophile. He's just, That whole movie is based around, he's like, there's only one child left. He's like, we got to protect it. we got to have that baby. Like, easy, Michael Caine. Fucking chill, all right? It's like we're in a dystopia here. You're worried about children. All right, enough of that. Me polluting your minds of Michael Caine. Uh, we're going to recap our picks for UFC Fight Night uh, 230, UFC Vegas 81. Taking Yusef over Barbosa. Hearts with Barbosa. Dogger pass. Uh, in my opinion. Best of luck if you got a good price on Yusef. Uh, taking... Maya over Araujo. Don't blame you if you're saying dogger pass, but I did not feel that way. I actually got involved with the favorite. Uh, we'll talk about that in the plays recap. Taking vote for Pedro. Jonathan Martinez over Adrian Yanez. Um, we'll see who I take versus Pereira versus Petrovsky. We'll see where I go there. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's probably dogger pass even if I take Michelle. But Michelle. This is my consigliere, Michel. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Taking Rodriguez over Simonbra. Simon, South Africa. Taking what well, we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'm leaning toward again La Sierra La Verga over Chavez, but check. It's probably Dogger Pass. Regardless, see where I officially end up on Fight Day at Downtown MMA. Um, leaning toward Brown over Elkins, but it's definitely Dogger Pass. May end up picking Elkins. We'll see. Probably end up picking Lisboa over Oliveira, but don't care. Stay the F away. Probably pick McKenney over Marote, but uh, priced out. Don't care. We'll probably stay away. Uh, don't know about Dixon or Alex Siva. Check me on fight day. Probably taking Gutierrez over Alatong Haley. And we'll be taking Dakota over Yoder. Don't blame you parlaying up any of those last two. No official parlays on the books as of right now. Um, but I do have Maya minus 145, 1.5 units. Maya quarter unit. Uh, oh, let me write that down. Maya KO plus 1600 quarter unit. May also throw that in the round robin if there's lack of plays. Yusuf Barbosa under 3.5 rounds. Minus 150, 1.5 unit. And then I'm going to add it here because I did it on the show. I added Barbosa. 
round 4KO plus 1800.17U. Round 5KO plus 2500.17U for potential cleanup crew. Um, nothing else official yet. May also add Yusuf by KO to get some extended coverage, perhaps added bonus with the under. Or in case he's the one that gets a late KO, right? We, we want to finish there. Maybe there's Yusuf KO. Maybe there's Maya KO, right? Um, maybe there's Martinez KO. Will we have to go an all KO prop? I don't know because, boy, part of me, like, would love to just maybe just throw, like, a uh, Petrovsky by sub on there, right? If I end up with Petrovsky, don't be surprised. I would probably kick for coverage with the money line. Maybe throw him by sub. If I don't end up with him, maybe I still end up uh, throwing something Petrovsky on the round robin, even if the official fix Pereira, and then on my, uh, if I let my counter, that, you know, it gives me great lines, which is why I go there. They allow me to parlay totals, etc. That's why I go there. The only thing that's crappy about them is that they make me only parlay, well, I can only parlay underdogs, right? And in that case, whether I pick Petrovsky or not, he's going to be on there. Whether I pick Lacerda or not, he's going to be on that round robin. But in the official round robin, especially if I pick him, uh, much less if I don't, and maybe I'm, I'm I'm drawing at straws. I mean, to kick for coverage and to put a Lacerda or a, a Petrovsky on there in the small cage, in the, in that chaos. I mean, you could do worse. You know, Darren Elkins. I got to look into that. I may not pick Darren Elkins. It's not even that juicy of a plus number to be honest. So I'm not really attractive. Then you'd have to be going to choose partner. Does Darren Elkins get it done by decision or inside? And you're really down a rabbit hole at that point. And again, McKinney, uh, I feel like I'm priced out of there, so unless I'm trying to go contrarian and play Marote, uh, or maybe, you know, um, Dakota by KO, uh, someone I respect may or may not be taking that for their prop squad. I still got to figure out my prop squad hit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so I, got, I still got to figure that, uh, out that as well. So, I know, not not too much I'm giving you guys, just pretty much Maya, Maya KO, uh Total in the main, under 3.5 in the main. Barbosa round four, round five. And that's it. That's all I really got. Uh, this isn't really a, a card that is really too attractive to me. Um, but I will give you guys what I got. So follow me on the Action app, Dan Tom MMA. Follow me on Twitter, the artist formerly known as Eck, or artist formerly known as Twitter, uh, at Dan Tom MMA. Uh, follow me on Instagram. I'm trying to build that up at Dan Tom MMA. Also, keep an eye out for my Sphere interview or review. I'm going to put that up. I'm also going to try to make like a TikTok version of it, um, which means I'm actually going to have to make a TikTok. And I just downloaded threads too. I know. Fucking stupid. I don't have time for this shit. Why am I doing it? But I, I fucking hate X and so much and what's been going on there. It's just fucking ridiculous. So uh, not going to uh, not going to mess with it uh, too much. So, uh, yep. Uh, I'm going to clean up the chat and get out of here. Um, hey, I got the dodgeball reference, Jim Karasi. That's right. That was dodgeball. Uh, Jackslap Time Can. Very nice of you to always have recaps of your picks. Thank you. And I thank you for helping me provide the recaps to the people. To the people. Give back to the people. Yes. Venus rises. That what version of the Dark Knight that you watched, Dan? James Kendrick. My favorite impression is of Ian Carey. Where you say you're not here to be Irish or you're here to be. I'm not here to take part. I'm here to be Brazilian. <laughs> Ian Gary. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. I actually do think he's got some skill, though, so it's not quite the Grand Dawson mold there. Thomas Kane, no props for McKinney fight on FD. Let's go round two, bro. Uh, well, what are they giving for McKinney round two? I feel like they got it priced out. And and I, I, I don't know enough about Marot 
I gotta see if Marode is tough enough to go round two. You know what I'm saying? Maybe there's a juicy odd for like fight ends in round two. Um, yeah, I'm not seeing what they're offering. It's not listing anything as of yet. That's a newer fight on the board, unfortunately. Thank you for ch ch uh, chiming in there, um, Thomas Kane, who also adds K Dakota KO is deaf. Uh, I, I think he's deaf on that. Yeah, maybe maybe may, may, may I may tail that too my friends so do not be surprised whatever you're on good luck thank you guys smash that like button share this out positive ratings and reviews on itunes i really could use it i'm going to read them next time as well uh with the amazon reads i uh, sorry i didn't get the amazon reads this time folks i will get that for whoever requested that this next time as well with the itunes so if you want to be a part of that just go to mixedmarshallanalyst.com to support the show to get your name read off go to mixedmarshallanalyst.com my site the site that supports this show the protect your neck podcast Scroll down, toggle, just look to the right, especially from the mobile. You can see the on it and Amazon click-through banners. If you shop at either of those places, you just click through, especially if you click through the Amazon one. It won't tell me who you are if you want to do a David Carradine one night in Bangkok by your vibrating gun checks. No one's going to out you here. There is a, this is a judgment-free zone, and I wouldn't know who you are even if I wanted to judge. But what it will tell me is what was bought in support of this year's program, and I will read that off in a comical way as I pontificate on your purchases without knowing who the you is as you get to support this show for free or if you just want to support it straight up because it is a free show you know a dollar anything helps you go to paypal.com dan tom mma of course mixedmarshallanalyst.com has a secure paypal link right above the aforementioned click-through banners for honest and amazon or you can follow me again at dan tom mma at the underscores if you're on instagram trying to build that up uh, in my link tree, of course, there are secure PayPal links there. You can follow the podcast at the PYN Podcast on all social platforms. Again, iTunes ratings and reviews helps the most. Like this video, add some nice comments. Even if they're not nice, whatever, it still helps. Not that I encourage that, but you are still helping for what it's worth. So might as well just say something nice and not be an asshole. Uh, appreciate you guys, the likes, the shares, the support. Keep it up. Keep vocal. I will share you if you tag me. Uh, or the podcast if I can from both accounts if I can uh, I will get to you if I can as much as I can I love you guys good luck on your picks and plays and always protect your neck